Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The NFL is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, uh, thanks for being with us today. And uh, this is uh, your host, Jeremy Evans, via the Believe Podcast Network. This is episode 45 of season two. And today we are talking about freedom in television distribution and particularly related to the National Football League and the direct TV uh, litigation that uh, was recently heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. And what I mean by that is that essentially it was heard by the Supreme Court and it was denied in terms of a hearing. So they you know, considered it in terms of you know, whether they should hear it and uh, decided on the merits. They decided not to, which we'll get into some of the reasons why, and decided to send it back to the district court uh, to go over some additional matters of law that need to be figured out. But what this all has to do with is essentially antitrust. And the claim by the plaintiffs in the case, the defendants are obviously the NFL and DirecTV and some other named plaintiffs, which you can check out. And uh, the plaintiffs are arguing that the NFL and DirecTV have engaged in and are engaging in currently antitrust activity related to the distribution of live television broadcasts, specifically copyrighted broadcast of football games. So uh, this is a very interesting topic, obviously from a legal standpoint, but also from a consumer standpoint. And there's an article that I've written on this as well. It's got some great links in it to some other articles written by The Hollywood Reporter and uh, some additional links uh, discussing some related topics to this. So you can check that out. So we're going to break this down a little bit and get to a conclusion, particularly related to why I think that uh, the Supreme Court denied initial review of this case and um, what is likely to occur both in the marketplace and what is likely to occur uh, if this thing continues down the path of litigation. So again, we're talking about freedom and television distribution and keep that sort of thought in mind as we go through this. But as a little background, in early November 2020, so essentially about a week ago, the United States Supreme Court decided against hearing a case involving the NFL, the National Football League, and its main television, cable television distribution partner, DirecTV, which is owned by AT&T. Now, the deal between the NFL and DirecTV has lasted for, it's been about 25 years. This has been gone on for, you know, for a while in terms of the deal and the distribution. Now, I've discussed in previous um, podcasts and in previous articles the NFL model of distribution, which is important in this context because the NFL franchises split up their copyrighted broadcast. In other words, they pool their rights and they, they essentially collect fees 
um, individually as teams from the league, right? So the league office essentially handles the um, sort of organization of that and the selling of copyrighted live sports broadcast. Now that differs in comparison to Major League Baseball, uh, which has a sort of geographic approach where you have a lot of teams who hold individual rights or regional uh, sports networks, you know, RSNs, uh, or for example, like for the Dodgers, you have a 25-year, $8 billion contract with Spectrum. And then you also have like the national game of the week, you know, like the the deal that was just signed with Turner Sports, which is going to be Tuesday Night Baseball, which uh, I highlighted previously was a terrific idea because namely that there's Monday Night Football, and although the seasons don't crossover um, for the entirety of, of each, uh, the crossover does present you know issues for Major League Baseball in terms of people watching, uh, but it also it just presents a better night to watch baseball, I think, from a consumer standpoint. And it's not on Sunday when you have, uh, obviously, the NFL, and it's not on uh, Saturday when, you obviously, you have either basketball uh, college basketball or uh, college football, not to mention the NBA and the NHL and MLS, which runs throughout the season as well. So obviously, uh, I thought it was a good move. But again, keep in mind that the NFL comes from a national standpoint. They are distributing their games on a national level. So a partner like DirecTV becomes a lot more important to them when they're talking about distributing games. Now, the Supreme Court denied review of this case, which, um, and, and there's a great, um, uh, if you actually look up the uh, appeals appellate court decision, you can find that um, online. But um, the Supreme Court of the United States denied reviewing this specific case with the NFL and DirecTV and the plaintiffs because there were still matters of law that needed to be decided. You know, ultimately, Supreme Court will bring up something if there's a dispute between two circuit courts, if there's a constitutional matter at issue, or um, if if the Supreme Court sees a place where Congress has overstepped its bounds, you know, things like that. But ultimately, in this specific case, Supreme Court decided not to review it because there was too many matters of law that need to be decided at the district level, meaning there needs to be a full trial on the facts and on the law before the Supreme Court can get involved. So it may turn out that down the road, the Supreme Court decides in favor of the NFL, but at least for now, uh, this case is continuing, and that's not necessarily great news for the NFL uh, or DirecTV. But we'll get into maybe why it might be uh, a good thing for the NFL down the road. We'll see how that plays out. Now, it also means that the NFL, or sorry, the Supreme Court, is not immediately going to use the limited antitrust exemption that the NFL uh, currently enjoys and maintains, which essentially allows it to operate as um, an entity that from time to time practices uh, antitrust activity. Same goes for baseball and other sports. Obviously, baseball, by Supreme Court decision, has a straight-up uh, antitrust exemption, uh, which is clearly laid out. Some of these other sports, not so much. We've gone into previous articles and podcasts on that, and why that is, I think it's mostly because baseball has been around the longest, at least in America, is on a professional level. And um, it's considered a national pastime and the way that, that it was sort of set up in terms of regional games. So it's a little bit different than the NFL. Uh, but that all being said, 
you know, you could probably get two people in a room to argue this out all day long, but that's what the law is today, right? So this is what we're dealing with. And in this situation, again, the Supreme Court decided not to hear the case, so they're not going to utilize this antitrust exemption immediately and not decide, um, you know, the case as it is and make a decision one way or another. So this goes back to the district court. And as Justice Kavanaugh uh, explained in the court's decision, he said, quote, the defendants, the NFL, its teams, and DirecTV have substantial arguments on the law. If the defendants do not prevail at summary judgment or at trial, they may raise those legal arguments again, uh, end quote, in a new appeal to the Supreme Court. So again, uh, highlighting the fact the NFL was likely to probably win this case went to the Supreme Court, but at least for now, uh, this is a time for uh, additional matters of law to be decided at the district court level. Now, why is this important? Well, as Premier uh, Lacrosse League, I had to get that word out there, Premier Lacrosse League, PLL, founder Paul uh, Rebell recently wrote in a Sportico article, live sports is at its most powerful point at this point. You know, when you're talking about being measured in dollars and eyeballs, uh, there's more people consuming it now than ever, right? And it's growing. Obviously, there's been some down... Uh, downside to people watching, whether it be because of, um, you know, people spending more time at home uh, and having different things to do, or uh, we talked about people not being content with some of the uh, social unrest and social unrest messages with sports and the crossover there. All that being said, uh, the valuation of sports at this point has never been higher. Specifically, what do I mean by that? The financial might of live sports uh, content can be seen in um, the sale of the New York Mets to Steve Cohen at $2.4 billion. And it looks like the Baltimore Orioles will be sold in the billion-dollar range. And I think it was like $1.4 or $1.6 billion. Uh, Sky-high prices for licensing broadcast. You're talking about uh, the NFL uh, battling over between ESPN and NBC. And uh, what billion-dollar amount is going to come out of that? We're talking about sports betting revenue now being involved in uh, over 20 states, being allowed in over 20 states, all the deals that are being brokered between teams and players and leagues. And then we also have the NBA talking about adding an in-season tournament to help the uh, league finish its season before the uh, Olympics in the summer, uh, Tokyo 2000, I guess it would be 2021 now, it was supposed to be Tokyo 2020. But uh, with the Olympics now uh, being there, they wanted to end the season earlier. And by doing that, the Players Association, the NBA, agreed, and they made about a billion dollars from that. So they, they essentially made about $500 million, uh, by allowing the season to end earlier versus skipping over through the Olympics. So point being here is that there's obviously a high value here. There's a lot of money being uh, being spent. And... Um, ultimately sports are at their sort of the, uh, one of their higher levels. So how does that play out with the court? Well, normally the Supreme court is, is an independent body. Uh, they are put on the court to be independent thinkers. They are put on the court to, although they might have their, uh, leanings in terms of how they interpret the law or how they view the constitution, uh, Supreme court justices are supposed to be in some sense removed from society. That all being said, Supreme Court justices and the Supreme Court in general as a body 
has shown the interest and need of following what consumers are doing and being up to date with what consumers are doing and specifically, or maybe even more specifically, what the marketplace is doing. And so I think that's where this case gets really interesting because uh, it's also relatedly how other businesses are able to compete in the marketplace for sports broadcast. So what do I mean by that? Well, Roku, for example, just reached 46 million subscribers. Amazon has over 100 million. Netflix has got, I don't know, close to 300 million now, well over 200-something million. I think it's 250 million now uh, of subscribers, right? Of course, Netflix doesn't do sports. Amazon does a little bit. Uh, Obviously, Roku uh, does have access to sports. So uh, the reality of it is that the NFL should probably reconsider uh, selling its broadcast in a wholesale fashion to a declining cable television industry. You know, as streaming platforms like Apple are in search of original content, uh, live sports um, might be a great fit for them, I'll, you know, albeit an expensive fit, right? And that's always the problem. And, um, you know, we'll see where that goes. But there's clearly a place for the NFL to revise its distribution strategy. And the point here is, is that the consumers and businesses are no longer reliant and when I say businesses, I'm talking about uh, either competitive businesses in the industry, uh, other distributors, other streamers. But I'm also talking about restaurants and places that would host, um, you know, direct TV, um, you know, and sort of have games on broadcast, right? So as consumers and businesses are no longer reliant on direct TV for their content in general, there's more options. The court sees that. I mean, it, you, you'd, I mean, frankly, you'd have to. Um, not be involved in any sort of television or streaming to not realize that, right? But uh, at the end of the day, the court has to consider um, consumer interest in, in one way in that what does the marketplace allow for, right? And the court has done this over the years. When you're talking about NCAA cases or you're talking about sports cases in general, entertainment cases, there's been a change in opinion. There's been a change in application of, uh, of sort of how things are done, right? So um, in some sense, the court has to be careful though, right? Because the court doesn't want to become an activist court and look for places to insert itself, but it can interpret the law to the facts, right? And uh, we'll sort of see how that plays out in this specific case. But you know, I think ultimately the marketplace for te- te- technology, uh, i got to get that word out, the marketplace for technology and distribution is changing and has changed. And the people want more options. And that's been clear. Uh, in consumer trends uh, across the country and across the world, and particularly in America. So now one little caveat to all this, which is interesting, is that AT&T, the owner of DirecTV, which I mentioned earlier in the podcast, is actually considering selling DirecTV, which it owns. Uh, And this is despite ongoing litigation or because of it, and uh, falling customer numbers, uh, subscriber numbers, user numbers. So in some sense, the Supreme Court may actually be doing the NFL a favor by getting, giving the NFL time to rethink its distribution business and go more for a variety of distribution, right? And uh, pardon the pun, but instead of a direct approach, uh, they're looking for and should be looking for different ways to reach the consumer. You know, if you have multiple options to reach a consumer, why would you limit that? You know, if somebody wants to come into the store, for example, and purchase something online, why not give them the option to do that? 
you know, and, and I think consumers are showing an appetite for that and have showed an appetite for that. Now, the good thing for the NFL is that it has already begun to do this. You know, you can see that through Amazon uh, with their um, agreement with the NFL for Thursday Night Football. And it's also true that the NFL's existing broadcast partners with um, uh, NBC and CBS and ESPN, uh, a.k.a. ABC, um, are uh, have their own distribution streaming platforms, particularly ESPN+, Plus, CBS All Access, and Peacock, which is through NBC, as viewing options. Now, some of those are not necessarily as strong as, let's say, a cable provider at this point, but it's growing. And I think ultimately uh, we're going to see a lot more streaming with regard to sports and a lot more platforms with regard to sports. And frankly, if I was in the business of selling sports broadcast, I would be selling to more people because you can break up the rights and you can get more money for those rights. So, and the other thing is you want more, you want more options, right? You want more consumers to consume the content. And if you have more platforms means you can likely sell more advertising and you can sell more uh, sports betting partnerships and have more sports betting options. So I think these are all good things. And actually going back to that uh, premier lacrosse league article uh, written by uh, Paul Rebill with um, he's a co-founder. I think it talks about the power of live sports broadcast in that way. Now in the end, uh, I think the Supreme court has shown some patience with antitrust activity as long as consumers and businesses are happy and as long as um, the marketplace is is uh, sustainable, right? I think the courts have shown that, particularly the Supreme Court. But where you start having situations where broadcasts are blacked out or whether you have a situation where it becomes increasingly harder for consumers and businesses to access content or to get next to content, um, I think the court has stepped in to say you've gone too far. And uh, I think ultimately the sort of the underlying provision is that the law has been applied to increase the freedom of television distribution. So I think that's what we're seeing here. I think that's what we're going to see going forward. And either the NFL really has two options. They can um, ultimately uh, try to find new partners in the meantime and try to somehow renegotiate a deal with DirecTV, or uh, it can sort of look at potential litigation and uh, riding through um, that sort of uncertain roller coaster, right? So we'll see how it goes. And it may also be that the NFL does both. Maybe it sort of rides out the litigation, but then also looks at ways to find new partners. And I think there is some evidence of the latter. So again, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, uh, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network, where we talk about entertainment, media, sports, law, and management topics. Always a pleasure and always honor to, an honor to have you with us and look forward to uh, being back with you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.